welcome to another edition of Confessing Our Hope, the podcast of Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. Today is December 21st, 2015, and this is broadcast number 94. And as usual, I'm your host, William Hill, and I just want to quickly uh, do some um, housekeeping, as it were, uh, for those who listen regularly. Um, You're used to this process, but uh, just want to remind everybody about the GPTS Spring Theology Conference that's coming up March 8th through the 10th. Um, You can get more information about that at our website, gpts.edu. But I would encourage uh, uh, the listeners to uh, think seriously about coming to this particular conference. It's on marriage, family, and sexuality, and given the issues of our culture and our day and the uh, rise of homosexuality and homosexual marriage and other factors of that nature, um, this is a, a timely uh, conference uh, with some outstanding topics that will be dealt with. Uh, Dr. Joel Beakey, Dr. Ben Shaw, uh, Dr. Joseph Piper, and others will be speaking uh, specifically on these uh, types of matters. So, Again, find out more uh, easily on our website, gpts.edu. And of course, if you want to find out more information about Confessing Our Hope, if this is the first time you've ever listened to the program, we do have a website. It is confessingourhope.com. There you can find all the past broadcast episodes and uh, what's coming up. Uh, on the program uh, simply at the website. Today we'll be sitting down and talking with uh, Jim Holmes. He is the, um, I don't know what the right word is, owner, curator. Um, He is the uh, developer, uh, has the vision for a website and a book selling uh, uh, process uh, program called Cheaper in Dozens. You can find the website simply at cheaperindozens.com. Com. But we're going to be talking about the website and uh, the, the, the advantages of using it and, uh, and highlighting some of the ins and outs. So we're going to be talking with Jim. So, Jim, it's good to have you on the program. And, um, you know, it, it, when I first saw you uh, put this out, I was really excited because uh, it, it really is the kind of thing that would attract, I think, churches and individuals. But anyway, it's good to have you on the program. Thank you, Bill. Well, it's good to be with you. And I'm glad to have this opportunity just to share with you and with your listeners a little bit about some of the things that are upon my mind and my heart as we endeavor to move this little operation forward. That's great. You know, most of the listeners to the program are probably avid book readers um, and, of course, podcast listeners. Um, so um, as we get to the listeners get to know you a little bit, why don't you tell us maybe your background, especially as it pertains to book selling or publishing uh, and your involvement in that area? Well, Bill, let me give a little bit of background. Yes, um, I was converted as a teenager in my 17th year. And I think soon after I got converted, I felt the interest in reading Christian books, and maybe I came under some good influences at that point, people who encouraged reading. And um, I'm thankful to have come under the influence of people who recommended reading the right books. It's not just reading any old Christian book, so-called, but it's actually reading the right book, the best book. And so I, I guess fairly early in life, by the time I was into my 20s, I was convicted of the necessity of reading good books. And I learned about some publishers, and that certainly helped to, to filter out the, the good stuff from the stuff that is really not worth even considering. Um, so, yes, and then, um, well, I trained as a teacher, and uh, my wife and I um, together felt that um, even though we were teachers, we wanted to encourage people to read. So we pretty soon got involved in our little church, started up a book table, And that book table began to attract people. Mm -hmm. So that got some good conversations going. And as a result of that, um, I ended up working for a a distributor. This was actually in South Africa. And uh, that certainly whet my appetite even more to not only to read, but to encourage reading. 
And I think this is what we're talking about here. It's encouraging other people to read. And um, as a result of that, we ended up, my wife and I started on a part-time basis. Um, we thought, well, why don't we upgrade our book table and make it something which should be a little bit more significant. And living as we did at the time in the 1980s, 1990s in South Africa, it's a great time where people were beginning to be hungry for truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially the doctrines of grace, the Reformed faith was beginning to, uh, to become a live matter on people's understanding. And we felt that we wanted to, to promote those books that were God-centered. And as a result, we started a little operation that we called Reformation Heritage Trust. Uh, not Reformation Heritage books that we didn't even know about at the time. Right, right. But we felt, well, this, uh, this phrase, Reformation Heritage Trust, says exactly what we want to say to people. We believe in the doctrines of grace, the Reformation in particular, with the great discovery of God-centered theology. Um, and then the heritage that goes along with that for mm-hmm. people today. What a wonderful corpus of literature that there is. Uh, and we had a little bit of finance that we were keeping in trust, um, one or two uh, sums of money that had been given to us that we wanted to invest into that. And so we began to import from a number of publishers and from an operation over here in the U.S. And we started off this little book table. And it effectively became a full-time operation within a couple of years. <laughs> sure. And we were just amazed at the Lord's goodness to us in that, but that was how it was. Uh, and Bill, I guess I should say to you that although we, we had that name Reformation Heritage Trust in the background, we felt that because of the kind of the prejudice that there was to Calvinism, uh, the misconception of Calvinism, that perhaps to use the word Reformation was not the best word necessarily to use. So we came up with an idea from the New Testament of the man um, mentioned in the book of Acts, Barnabas, the man who encouraged, the son of encouragement. So we said, mm-hmm. why, don't we, why don't we kind of morph the name from Reformation into Barnabas and uh, use the name Barnabas Bookroom, which is what we did, hmm. which set a, a kind of a biblical tone and a biblical um, parameter to, to the name. We, we used the strap line, encouraging healthy sure. Christian growth through quality Christian literature. And that kind of really put us on the map with other people who didn't embrace the Reformed faith. And uh, we found, Bill, that we had a lot of people who began to, um, to buy books from us, um, people who themselves were not necessarily Calvinistic in, in their worldview or in their theological view or persuasion, but they just began to buy books. And they began to say, hey, these books are real good compared with some of the other things that we get from ordinary bookstores. Uh, and we effectively really just began to encourage the reading and appreciation of books. Uh, and really quite across the spectrum so this, uh, within this, Southern Africa. So this whole process basically morphed from a book table to a book room? Mm-hmm. It was largely, yes, it was a book room, um, but we did a lot of um, what we called discount mail order, mm-hmm. because South Africa being what it is, it's a big country. Sure. And although we lived in the, the main part of, um, well, it was Johannesburg, Johannesburg and Pretoria are pretty close, but we had a lot of customers elsewhere, uh, including Zimbabwe and uh, Namibia and Botswana. So we were able to start the vision um, of filling and flooding Southern Africa with good books. That was mm. what we wanted to do. Good. Uh, and then the Lord directed otherwise that we were to move on from there. Uh, but that's another part of the story that... Sure. Well, eventually you ended up in the United States. Well, before that, we lived in England, but that's, again, another little chapter there. So. Yeah, just <laughs> across the pond, as they say. That's right. <laughs> now, when you moved to the United States, you were involved in another work, um, and that's how you, you and I uh, met, and... Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, um, now you're you're working on this this project uh, called Cheaper in Dozens. How did that um, 
what was the genesis or the idea? Was, was there any specific thing that said, hey, you know, this might be really helpful uh, to people? Yeah, Bill, that's, a, that's certainly a good question because I guess the whole of my life kind of goes into answering that question. But the, the idea behind Cheaper in Dozens is, is not just to sell books. That very much is part of what I want to do. Um, but I think it's almost like a coin which has two sides. On the one hand, mm-hmm. I really want to promote reading and I want to encourage people to, to get hold of books and that they will read and that other people maybe will help them to read through um, some accountability programs. Um, so we're looking effectively at a situation where we want to encourage reading, but where people have got to have the right books to read. And so we want those books to be made available to them um, on, a, on a sliding scale. And so it's not just individuals that we want to read. We want to get churches reading. We want to get maybe book clubs reading where people will meet together, uh, perhaps considering a book a month or a book a quarter or something like that. Um, in fact, um, I should maybe just step back slightly and say that the, mm-hmm. the mission statement for for cheaperindozens.com is to promote and to supply biblically-based resources in higher volume quantities at affordable prices and to encourage reading and living transformed lives to the glory of God. Mm. It's no good just to read and get your mind stuffed full of information. Uh, that may be helpful up to a point, but hey, it only happens to make a difference when you actually begin to live a transformed life and a transformed life that will glorify God. Well, let me ask you a question about the mission statement as I was reading it um Something just popped into my head, which often happens as I'm doing interviews, so um, which makes it interesting. Um, how do you vet these books that you're selling? Yeah, good, good question, Bill. Obviously, up to a point, there's a certain amount of general knowledge that I do have. Um, mm-hmm. I do trust um, the reviews that other people um, themselves will give, trusted reviewers. And of course, there's always the, the question of who is the publisher? Uh, and I know many publishers have a very sane and spiritual approach to what kinds of books they will publish. So certainly there is a, a kind of filtration process of whatever will find its way into cheaperindozens.com. Sure. Yeah, it, it's just, it, it. as I said, it just kind of struck me as, as how this is, the process is working. And we're going to get to some of those publishers in just a minute and, and give the listeners an idea of uh, just exactly what publishers are using. But um, let's change gears just a little bit. You, you, you've You've expressed already a number of times the desire to get people reading. Um, is there a biblically-based uh, foundation, for lack of a better word, that sort of promote, sort of uh, uh, moves you in that direction? I guess one of the, the verses that comes to mind is in 2 Peter 3.18, which tells us to, to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And, and part of that growth, I believe, involves an understanding of the, of the corpus, the body of truth, that there is in the Bible. And God has given to his church teachers, um, Ephesians 4, and many of those teachers themselves have gone on to glory, but they've left that wonderful legacy uh, to help to build, to edify people in the truth. And if people will get their hands on the right resources, the right materials, that's going to be a great step in that direction. Sure. And of course, there is the, the, the I'm, I'm reminded of Ecclesiastes and the reality that we can read, 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 and, and <laughs> amass a, home, a ton of knowledge to, to the absolute end goal of zero. Um, it, it goes beyond that, doesn't it? You're thinking of Ecclesiastes 12, 12, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the, sure. the making of many books, there is no end, and much study is wearisome to the body. Yep. Yeah, that, uh, that, that's a great verse, that. Um, I think one of the verses that, that really has 
been imprinted upon my own mind is in 2 Timothy 4.13, where there's an apostolic mandate from Paul to Timothy where he says, when you come, bring the cloak which I left at Troas with Corpus and the books, especially the parchments. And I remember reading a, a sermon by Spurgeon where he just kind of expounded that and, and just said so many great things about how it is that even in the 19th century, people could read and must read in order to, to come more to an understanding um, of the truth and, of course, transformation uh, from that truth. Sure. Probably one of the greatest inventions in the history of man is the invention of the printing press. Mm. And uh, now we do it much differently, of course. But still, they have to be printed in mass. But, mm. um, yeah, that verse in Second Timothy 4 is, is, is interesting. Most people... Um, would interpret the books and the parchments as the scriptures, mm-hmm. as the parchments and the books would be anything other than that. Um, mm. Yeah, there's, there's a great quote as well, isn't there, Bill, from, from Spurgeon. I, I just took um, time to print it out before I came here. If I may just read that. It yeah, says, sure. uh, this is Spurgeon on reading. He says, give, give yourself unto reading. Spurgeon says, the man who never reads will never be read. He who never quotes will never be quoted. He who will not use the thoughts of other men's brains proves that he has himself no brains of his own. You need to read. Yep. And read with uh, the goal of godliness. I mean, we're sitting in a room right now surrounded Mm. by, um, well, people often ask me, have you read all these books? And, (laughs) and, of course, I always answer yes twice, but that's kind of old. Everybody (laughs) says that. Um, But, yeah, reading and using books, they're tools uh, with a goal. Uh, They're not just – they're a means to an end. They're not the end of themselves. I've met plenty of liberals who uh, have read the Bible, hmm. and uh, but it has absolutely no effect on them. They they're, hmm. they're as godless as they were if they never read the Bible, and yeah. which is remarkable. Actually, it's just um, there's always this end goal, and I know that your mission statement really, I think, captures that reality that we read with the with the goal of living godly lives hmm. and transform lives to God's glory, which of course is what we're here for Hmm. Uh, the shorter catechism question number one you know that's what we're here for so whether we're reading eating or doing a podcast um, we do it to the glory of god um more specifically about the uh, the website um and maybe the idea as far as um how is it different um than me just going to amazon I mean, I know Amazon's the big bugaboo. Yeah. You know, everybody's, it's the big, it's the big ugly monster, you know, well, <laughs> I can just buy it at Amazon. That's, that's the typical response. But, but how is, how does what you're doing differ from what they could do? Yeah, Bill, that's also a great question. Um, I think that Amazon is an, an amazing system and uh, I think the people there have just got an incredible structure, a meta structure to be able to make everything happen. My my view about logistics is a pretty simple one. I believe in what I call the straight line, mm-hmm. um, the straight line rather than the triangle. And the straight line is to connect people with truth. And in that case, uh, in that instance, it really means try and get the source material from wherever it is, usually a publisher, sometimes a distributor, and connect it directly to the end user. Uh, and then we've got no triangulation. We've got no elbow joint or knee joint. It just goes in a straight line. And as a result, um, the whole concept of value for money or cheapness, and obviously the the name cheaper in dozens is deliberately using that name Mm -hmm. cheap, that term cheap. We are looking effectively at stewardship here where we're saying, well, um, you can actually get hold of this resource directly from from the source and you can do it as cheaply as possible and in a way that um, will not be enriching 
um, too many people involved in the transport and logistics sector. Mm-hmm. Of course, they need to make a living as well. Sure. Um, but rather ship the book once, rather than once from a publisher to right. a, a place uh, like a, a reseller and a vendor of some sort, and then from that vendor to uh, a second source, and then onto the onto the author. All right, so so tell me um, in a simple way. Um, okay, I, I go to your website and I'm going to buy a book. Um, I, I'm not on your website right now, so mm-hmm. it's just a book, whatever it happens to be there. So I order through you. Then what happens? Yeah, Cheaper in Dozens Bill is a virtual bookstore. So that means that it is um, electronic only. I do not hold any uh, significant inventory. Um, what happens there is that I have collected all the metadata of that particular book with as much as possible to encourage people to read that book. So if a publisher and an author have gotten together Mm -hmm. and put together maybe a little one or two minute interview, I like to try and capture that on the website so that there's a lot of information about that book. Wherever possible, I have a little feature that I call Try Before You Buy, which is maybe a kind of a preview of the book Mm -hmm. where a person can maybe look over the table of contents, perhaps read a chapter or two, maybe be able to look over some end pages, suddenly read all the endorsements, all the key reviews, critical reviews that ought to be found on that book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then with one click of the button and with uh, reciting of the digits on the credit card via <laughs> PayPal, um, the person should receive that book directly from the publisher as quickly as possible and as cheaply as possible. Now, of course, if that person happens to be buying books on behalf of a, perhaps a fellowship at church, maybe a Sunday school class, and wants to order 12 copies or 25 copies or 100 or 200 copies, depending. I know that that varies from person to person and church to church. Um, Then obviously they become cheaper on that sliding scale. But I do need to say, Bill, that um, even if a person only orders one book, there's generally a discount. Maybe not as good as if you buy 12 books. Uh, And we're trying to make it so that that book is always shipped, shipping free. And so even if the discount maybe is not quite as deep as it might have been at Amazon, well, hey, you're not paying any shipping for it. So we want it to be that there are several good reasons that any person would be able to buy books from Cheaper in Dozens. Yeah, I'm looking at your, um, uh, I don't know what to call it, notes for the program. Yeah, call it whatever you like. But I'm looking at it right now. And so if I buy one book, I get a token discount of 10%. Mm-hmm. And, that's and the, that's it, usually and, the case. And that's mm-hmm. usually the case depending on the publisher. Depends on the publisher. So you're, so you're, I, yeah, I have some publishers who are maybe more able to, to give more, more deep. Business. So you're basically, um, so you have direct connection with the publishers and you've arranged with mm-hmm. them these kinds of discounts. Okay, yeah. so if I get 12 books on a particular title, it's, we're looking at 20% discount. And then, of course, it just goes up from there. 25 books, 25%, 50 books, 28%, 200 books, 50%. Mm-hmm. Man, that's amazing. And, 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 and when I'm thinking of, when I first saw this, when you brought it to my attention, the, the first thing I thought of almost immediately was, um, churches out there that have Sunday school programs or have Bible study groups, um, they're, they're going to buy these books um, or have the people in the Sunday school buy them regardless, but the church can buy a uh, hundred of them mm-hmm. and get a huge discount and, and then then pass that on to the people in that particular Sunday school. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and so it's a good stewardship stewardship process. It also uh, is a process that, that, that serves a Christian person uh, doing business with other Christians, in other words, um, directly. Um, so there's a lot of advantages to this process. Am I ca- am I articulating that accurately? Uh, absolutely, Bill. Certainly, one of the one of the great expressions I've learned since I've lived in the United States, and we didn't say this in South Africa, but it, it's a good saying: you get more bang for your buck. Yeah, we uh, say that here too. And well, 
And that, that's what I like. We can just... You get what you pay for. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you get more book for your book in this case. Yeah. I, uh, I, just on it, maybe a little caveat, one thing to say, that, that I do have some publishers who have, have committed exactly to that rate that you read out there. There are some other publishers um, who are just not in a position to be as generous. So what we're doing is saying, well, look, um, gentlemen on, on that particular publisher, as much discount as you can give, we're happy to try and work with that. Um, because we're a virtual bookstore, um, we don't necessarily have a lot of overhead, so we don't need to make a particularly high markup necessarily, uh, which means that we're still, as much as we're able, giving excellent value to the people out there who need to get hold of those books. Yeah, and the difference between uh, doing uh, buying the book directly from cheaper and, uh, um, cheaper and dozens as opposed to Amazon is, number one, a Christian man, and, and I can speak for that, uh, is vetting, in some sense, vetting this material, hmm. um, and you're doing business with a Christian man, and Amazon's not going to care um, what you buy. They'll take your money w- sure. whether you buy junk or you buy something worthwhile. Yep. Um, on the other hand, and then it, 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 on top of that, you get these discounts that are um, Amazon isn't going to give necessarily, and it, it, uh, dealing directly with these uh, reputable publishers, um, which I guess this is a good time as ever to talk about those mm-hmm. pu- publishers. Uh, I have the list in front of me. The listeners, obviously, this is not TV; it's radio. So, um, uh, why don't you tell the listeners what who are you actually working with? Sure. Shall I just run through the list alphabetically? Sure. Is that yeah, that's um, a, do it however you whatever. Yeah, yeah that's fine. <laughs> Absolutely. And and these, as I say, that sure it is kind of two speed bill because. Um, like with Banner of Truth, I love Banner books, but Banner is not in a position to give as deep a discount as, say, Reformation Heritage. Um, right. And I love Reformation Heritage books as well. So, But yeah, running through the, the alphabetical list, starting with Banner, um, Day One Publications. I used to work, by the way, for Day One, so I'm very familiar with, um, with the good books that are done by Day One. Uh, EP Books, likewise, distributed over here in the U.S., and I, I work with a distributor up there to, to be able to get hold of them. Um, if you're familiar with Generations with Vision, the, the work that's being headed up by Kevin Swanson, mm-hmm. got great materials out there for worldview and defending the faith and maintaining a consistent um, Bible-based testimony. Um, Joshua Press said they'd like to be part of what we're doing, um, so that I anticipate that we'll get their books, um, but they're not yet um, populated uh, online yet. I mentioned Reformation Heritage. I think that RHB is doing a great job. I love the books that they're yeah, doing. Fantastic. I'm um, just so thrilled with um, Dr. Beakey and, and others who are working uh, through RHB. Which, by the way, to my knowledge, Reformation Heritage is a nonprofit. I mean, they don't make money, uh, to my knowledge, on any book they sell. That's yeah, just, but I they, think that's the case. Um, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that's right. They're getting truth out, and that, that's the great yep, thing about that's RHB. Right. Um, Shepherd Press, I independently have a relationship with Shepherd Press as well. I, I help out with some other things Shepherd Press is doing. And I love what uh, Ted Tripp is doing, and the um, recently the Lifeline mini books have become a part of the Shepherd Press um, inventory. And again, Bill, I guess some of you listeners are familiar with Solid Ground and the work that mm-hmm. Mike Gaydosh is doing. Mike's got some real superb books. Uh, and then thinking over to Bibles, the Trinitarian Bible Society has excellent King James Bibles and some other resources there that go along with them. Um, the Wake Man Trust, maybe not so well known over here in the USA, uh, Peter Masters, Dr. Peter Masters in London, who is a, a successor, I guess, to C.H. Spurgeon, is uh, publishing books, and I'm able to access those. They're on the website. And a small-time publisher, relatively small-time Weaver Books, so they're all part of the list. And uh, I'm guessing that other publishers will be lining up in due course to, to become a part of this. Um, got about probably just over 2,000 titles listed on the site so far, and um, so I'd like to get that 
jacked up quite a bit more. But I'd like to think that there's something for, for most people from 2,000 books to choose from. And the Lord enabling me will we'll move those numbers up as we move into 2016. Yeah, I was hoping you'd keep talking. I was actually doing a comparison as you were speaking between your discounts on your website and then directly from the publisher. Mm -hmm. I was actually trying to uh, do that, and our internet is giving me grief. But I'm there now, and mm -hmm. I'm going to do that. And let's just—I'm just curious. Um, I hope this doesn't backfire, <laughs> but I think it—I think it'll be fun. I'm just—and I'm not necessarily going to say what I'm doing. All right, so. Here, you get a significant discount um, if you buy more than one. So that's good. And so tell me how this has been received so far. What kind of interest have you seen um, in this, um, in this uh, what I consider to be a really exciting process? Sure. Bill, these, these, are, these are early days still. I've been probably concentrating my energies more on populating the site than doing the rollout. Um, as I start doing the rollout, I have a, a number of blogs that I'm planning um, on cascading out and encouraging people through um, through social networking to, to share those blogs. And I've got a number of people who've actually um, contributed to writing um, blogs or blog entries that will be used. Um, so, for instance, Jeff Thomas has given me a piece that I plan to publish fairly soon. Uh, likewise, Walter Chantry, Ted Tripp, Roger Ellsworth, um, Paul Touches and some other people have committed to, to giving me content, mm -hmm. which is going to be along the lines of, hey, why reading is good for you, why reading is good for your church, how you can get going a strategy in your church, how you can promote books from the pulpit, how you can promote the reading of books amongst the elderly, how you can get books going amongst your young people. Uh, a lot of practical kind of how-to stuff is going to be on those blogs. So the, the big thing there is um, that we're going to get people um, excited through the content that we start cascading out through the blogs and if I say the blog is new well I've only had the, the blog software on for a couple of weeks so so it's too early a day to, to begin to talk significantly about that if you wanted to invite me back in six sure. months or a year's time sure. then I hope to be able to give you some some good testimonies from that. Yeah. Well, I think that's helpful, too, to have um, articles um, on why read um, these books, book reviews, and that kind of thing, because it helps people, again, fully vet um, where they're spending their money. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, at the end of the day, it's people's money, they earn hard-earned money that they're spending on books. And Absolutely. Um, I have a professor here at the seminary who, um, I think it was a joke, but anyway, he, he, he would tell the students, uh, well, he told his class that uh, you know books are important they're in the ministry it, these are tools that you need to use and um, so if you want to take your wife out to dinner or buy books you buy books or if you need to buy a new couch or buy books you buy books you know so <laughs> it, you know it's kind of humorous in a sense but uh, the reality is that um, especially ministers they need these tools and need to be constantly reading um, to refresh their mind on things that they had learned and to expand on things they don't know. So um, it does help to have those articles there in play, especially by reputable guys um, that you've mentioned. I've got a great couple of quotes there from yeah, one, sure. one's from John Pfeiffer. This is, yep. uh, this is what he says, reading is more important to me than eating. <laughs> I don't think I agree with that. Um, I love to read, uh, and, um, but I do love to eat, too. So, um. <laughs> well, how about Erasmus, the, uh, the humanist Erasmus, who said, when I have a little money, I buy books. And if I have any left, I buy food and clothes. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I've seen that one before. 
but it, it, it is important. And um, I don't know how many books are published every year now. It's, it's really crazy, uh, the amount. Um, and there's so many books in the Christian world that you can buy if you if you got the money. Hmm. But here this website is trying to streamline the process and also put good material, not just any material, but solid material in your hands. I was just perusing the website as Jim was talking, and um, there's the Puritan paperbacks. Um, we're all, most of us are familiar with those. Um, I'm always reading one somewhere along the way. I've got uh, I've got a lot of them, um, and they're fantastic, and mm. they're little, and you can take them with you anywhere. Um, and so they're on the website, and there's others. I mean, it's just it's chock full of really good material. So I'd encourage the listeners to look at this, and especially if you're in a position in the church where, um, as I mentioned earlier, you're doing Sunday school programs, you're doing Bible studies, those kinds of things, I'd encourage you to, to take advantage of the discounts you get. If you buy 12, you get more discount. If you buy 50 and so forth, it's just, it cascades from there. And uh, it's a good use of your funds. And it also helps another Christian brother uh, with this whole thing that he's trying to do. Um, it's just, a, it's a really a great um, idea. Um, again, the website is cheaperindozens.com. Other comments? Convince me. Why should I use your website? <laughs> Bill, people have got to read. Um, yeah. Read and grow. I, I know I saw this on a bookmark once, but it kind of stuck. Read and grow beautiful. And, you know, we might be getting old and ugly, but I believe that part of reading is the transforming of our minds and, and the renewing of our minds. And what books are going to make us like Christ? Yeah. yeah. Um, what will inculcate Christ-likeness? What will nurture faith? And there are publishers out there, there are authors out there who are writing books that will do that. Um, we need to avoid the, the, the kind of the trashy stuff, the superficial stuff. Um, in fact, my wife and I used to have a, a bit of a, a, a saying where we would jo joke about some of the books that were being sold by, by some people in South Africa. We used to say, hey, that's, that's uh, trash in a flash for cash. <laughs> and, and we felt that whatever we do we don't want to be selling rubbish we don't want to be selling trash there is mm -hmm. so much good stuff that is going to inculcate Christ-likeness and um, even though we use the word cheap in our, in our, in our website name Cheaper in Dozens um, the intention of the cheapness is to give value for money Right to many many people yeah, in order not, to enable them to, right. to get more truth. Not cheap like the books are cheap, mm -hmm. as in they're no good to read. But cheap as in you're not spending as you're not spending you're not emptying your bank account to buy um, books. Absolutely, um, and keeps you in the good graces of your wife if you're like me who <laughs> can't resist by the next book that comes out. Yeah. Um, but so this is a good uh, way of exercising stewardship as well as well as growing. And just for those who might be curious, um, they do sell Bibles too. Um, on the website, so um, I know there are some people I've run into in my life that think that all they need is their Bible and the Holy Spirit, and they're good to go. Mm -hmm. um, th th there's some, okay, there's some truth to that, but of course the argument can be made that well, then don't go to listen to sermons, don't go, mm -hmm. don't read anything, yeah, you know, just your Bible. Mm -hmm. And uh, the value of reading other Christian men on any number of subjects, frankly, um, use the Puritan paperbacks, for instance. I mean, they cover the gambit of the Christian experience, and. Um, is in, is invaluable for our growth, and um, but anyway, um, I don't. I've run out of questions. <laughs> it does happen, well, believe it or not. I've actually run out of things to say. <laughs> well, let, let me say, Bill. I, I really think that whatever we're doing at Cheaper in Dozens, it's kind of a no-brainer because um, any book that you see, you are paying less than the retail price, and you're not paying shipping. 
and you can usually try it before you buy it, or at least that's what we're aiming yep. towards yep. through the, yep. the try before you buy and with the reviews and with the other things that go along with it. And hey, even, even if you don't buy from Cheaper and Dozens, well, why not sign up to be on the mailing list? Um, because that way, once a month, you'll just get cascaded out to you, maybe news about new books, maybe an interview with somebody, perhaps um, some kind of incentive, hey, that if you use this voucher code, you might get a, an extra generous discount. Uh, and it may just be somewhere down the road sure. that you're really looking for a big evangelistic um, project that you want to do. And uh, you might be able to, I'd say, twist my arm. I have a little wing, a little facility that I'm thinking of calling the 250 Negotiator where anybody who wants to buy 250 or more of an item um, might be able to get a, a better price than anywhere else just by picking up the phone or sending me an email sure. and talking to me and saying, look, this, um, we really need to, to get best value that we can for our church. Uh, we're planning on using this, uh, maybe the small evangelistic book. We want to get you know, maybe like 250 or 300 just to, or maybe more to flood the neighborhood. And Jim, what's the best price you can do? And the best price I can do is whatever I can get it from the publisher for that particular person or for that particular church. Yep. And hey, there are other things like continuity programs, loyalty programs that I'm working on that as we begin to build up the database, um, we may be looking at doing some things that will be related to events uh, where we could even come, depending where the people are. If it's within traveling distance from Greenville, we might be able to bring along some samples in due course maybe have a big event at church just to display some books. That's not necessarily on the agenda right at the moment, but hey, there are a lot of things that we're working towards. And uh, we'd just love to have people sharing what we're doing with other people in order to get them excited and their friends excited yep. about the best books. Yeah, use social media if you listen to this, to this podcast and uh, you go to the website, you know, link it to, to your friends on Facebook, Twitter. I, I know those of my friends on Facebook who despise Twitter, but uh, well, anyway, <laughs> lots of people use it, you know? Okay. And, uh, so get it, get the word out in that way. Um, it is really, like I said, I think it's a great idea and especially for churches. Um, but, but even individuals, I mean, it really covers all of it. And that's kind of the, the target anyway, uh, is really to get good books in the hands of people so that they can read and grow in their walk with Christ. And mm, so that's, right. um, really the, the the entire process. I had another comment, but now I can't remember it. It probably wasn't important anyway. Um, boy, what was it? It sounded good at the time. <laughs> oh, well, that's, well, that well, does well, happen. While you're thinking of that, Bill, one of the things I said to publishers about um, just incentives for, for people who buy books is that um, depending on the order of value from a particular publisher, it may be that here and there they're going to be freebies that mm -hmm. get uh, slipped in or maybe a special book that has a high price which is able to be purchased just for one dollar so we're working on some things like that as well that will really encourage people to to get some significant value through some of the things that we're doing you mentioned the mailing list um is that a really easy sign up thing on just your website put your, put your name and email address in and we add you to our into our um into our monthly email newsletter now i remember what i was going to say i knew it would come back to me mm -hmm. so so if, if if this podcast did a book review on a book that you're selling, mm -hmm. you would have the, you could put the MP3 or the audio of that right there? There's no reason why not. Okay, good. Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep that in mind. Yeah. So I can send you the audio of um, various book reviews because most people know we do do those. Yeah, absolutely. Anything like that, I'd love to, to put that in, whether it's a video file or an audio file. Um, the more that we can get in that is going to encourage a person to, to have understanding about the book, 
and particularly understanding how it can be used, whether when, with oneself or with a friend or with a family member. Uh, we just need to encourage people to read. Outstanding. I'm actually working on something right now as you're talking. Uh, always, I always got something going on. But uh, anyway, well, I, I think it's been a, a good discussion and, and I think uh, really a, a discussion that maybe whets the appetite of the listeners to at least take a look at it. And so the website, again, is Cheaper in Dozens, right? Cheaper in Dozens. I wrote it down. Yeah, cheaperindozens.com. And uh, if you are interested, um, drop by the website. It's open 24 hours. Um, don't do it on the Lord's Day. Um, but it's open 24 hours a day. And um, if you have any questions for Jim, you can easily reach him at the website. Just uh, um, drop him an email, and um, he'll get back to you right away. That's one of the advantages of this, too, is you're dealing directly with the person who's running this thing. And that's... Um, very helpful. Any other comments? Well, I guess we covered quite a bit of ground there. So I'm grateful to you for um, just giving me this opportunity to share a little bit about Cheaper in Dozens. And uh, I could maybe just finish off with a quote from Spurgeon if you'd like that. Sure, that'd be great. Uh, and this is uh, what Spurgeon said. He said, you may get much instruction from books which afterwards may you may use as a true weapon in your Lord and Master's service. Paul cries, bring the books, join the cry. Hmm. Absolutely. I love books. You know, only have to come to my office once to find that out. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a great um, process and, and program, really. And, and, and I hope it really takes off and, and does very well. Jim, Thank thanks you. for coming on and talking about this. It's uh, uh, one of the things that we try to do on the podcast from time to time is promote things that are of benefit. And um, so we're not dealing with in this program, we didn't deal with any theological issues necessarily. And uh, unless you want to call reading a theological issue. Maybe it is. Um, but we did it to help a brother who uh, I think is doing good work. And so um, we're thankful to him for coming on and talking with us. Thank you. Let me uh, tell everybody what's coming up on the program uh, in future days. January 8th, Dr. Piper will be on the program to talk about his his lecture that he's going to be doing at the Spring Theology Conference. He's not going to give us the whole lecture, obviously, but uh, he's going to give enough to get you interested in uh, the conference. And so his topic is um, God's design for marriage and God's nursery. And if you're wondering what that means, you'll have to listen to the program to find out. January 15th, Dr. Piper will be back on the program for his monthly feature, Faith and Practice. This will be the 20th edition of that segment. Um, if you want more information about Faith and Practice, go to the website and, um, and there you'll find it. Uh, it's really simple. The listener controls the program. You write us questions, Dr. Piper answers them on the air. On January 22nd, Dr. Ben Shaw will be on to talk about his Spring Theology Conference lecture on the topic of family worship, always an important subject. And then Dr. Joel Beakey and Dr. Michael Morales in weeks to come after that. So that's a highlight of what we're doing here. Um, we're continuing to add to this list. Um, I'm thankful to uh, Drew Presswar, who's now assisting me and lining up guests. It's a very difficult job uh, that he does uh, for me and emailing and, and coordinating and, and working with my schedule. Um, so it is, it's invaluable really um, for me and it takes a lot of pressure off and it helps move the podcast forward. So I'm thankful to him for the time he has taken already uh, to get these guests uh, set up and ready uh, to be interviewed and talk about these important subjects. But until what, what date is it? I forgot already till January 8th. No, January, yeah, January 8th, when Dr. Pipe will be on the program, we do thank you for listening to this particular edition 
of Confessing Our Hope, the podcast of Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. And God bless. <laughs>